Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is my co-host, Josh Fisher. Hey everybody. Uh, If you're new to the podcast, we are a review and discussion podcast on internet streaming shows. Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, what have you. Watch a show in its entirety, and we give our reviews. We do talk about spoilers sometimes. Uh, Not like hard spoilers, but we do talk about the show in its entirety. And sometimes there are themes in said shows that might not be to your liking, so there's your warning. Before we get into the shows, which, again, if you hear, if you're from last week, you know what we're talking about, but if you're new, we're going to talk about the movie Extinction, starring Michael Pena, and uh, the uh, Matt Groening show Disenchantment. Um, but before we get into that, I wanted to briefly bring up the fact that we tried to sell shirts and mugs and stickers through, uh, what website was it, Josh? Teespring, and uh, the print quality was terrible absolutely terrible so Um, we changed that yes Uh, where can they find our merch now yeah well it's a direct to order shop on redbubble just go to redbubble.com slash people slash all queued up slash shop it's a lot easier to just go to our website all queued up i was about to say that yeah yeah uh Easier, way easier to go to allcuteuppodcast.com, and there's a merchandise tab there where I have updated. You can click on the merch uh, link. It takes you right to the shop, and there are men's and women's clothing options and T-shirts, tank tops, hoodies. Uh, I was going to say, there seem to be more more options. Yeah, yeah. There's even leggings. You know, there's phone cases, uh, laptop God, uh, Josh, skins. Could, could, you imagine if, could you imagine if someone got leggings with our cartoon faces on their butt? I'm actually going to get Misty a pair so that can happen. Why? I was joking, but okay. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you want a tote bag? Tote bags. You know? All kinds of ordering options there. So go and check it out. You know, a lot of you had said you were in for a pre-order on the shirt. The guy was going to go through, wasn't local, and it would have cost more out-of-pocket for shipping to get those. And we didn't have a good local company around here to go with. So I figured this was probably the best route to try. So yeah, direct order shop on Redbubble. The link's on our website, allcuteuppodcast.com. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. All right, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and slide right into the DMs of our first topic, Josh. Mm-hmm. That sounded creepy. Um, a bit. <laughs> so the first the first one is a film that's on Netflix, a Netflix exclusive film. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I have to say that because that's kind of the point of the show. Uh, but it's called Extinction that stars Michael Pena. Josh, when you have a quick synopsis on the show. Well, Michael Pena. Uh, Michael Pena. He plays a family man who is plagued by dreams of loss. Uh, His name's Peter. His dreams are really keeping him up at night, and it turns out they are more prophetic than paranoid, 
when the visions he is seeing in his dreams come true and the planet is attacked by an off-world invasion force. And he's fighting to protect his family. And he discovers he has a hidden latent talents, strengths that can keep them safe from harm. Yes. Um, so we'll get into this spoiler of that in a moment. Because I want to talk about the beginning of this show or beginning of this movie. When it was going through all the stuff where he's having the dreams mm-hmm. and his wife is telling him who who was played by his wife, by the way, it was another famous actor. I don't Lizzie remember. Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan. Thank you. Yes, She played his wife, Alice. Yes. She's trying to get him to get to seek help and he refuses to do it. The This part of the film was exceedingly boring to me. Mm-hmm. It felt like there wasn't a whole lot of character like introduction or development. It was just kind of like, we we got it in the first 10 minutes and then the next like 10 to 15 minutes was more of the same and i was like can we can we get to the point of this film i really don't understand why it took them that long to get to the point of the film maybe to 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 extend the time, the length of it cuz it almost felt like and i should say this too that the whole film was basically written as an episode for black mirror before it became a movie yeah it seems that way i mean the runtime it's 90 minutes you know, uh, 95 minutes with the credits, but, you know, about 90 minutes of actual film time. Yeah. Uh, did you feel the same way, or did you kind of just, it was fine by you? I mean, I thought it was a little slow in the get-go, but, you know, it helped to establish that, okay, he's he's obviously not sleeping well, and it's causing his performance at work to diminish. It's affecting the relationship with his family, and it really helps set all that up, even with his friends and neighbors. But it did seem to run a little long, but once it got that out of the way, this movie kicks it into high gear, and it does not let up. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I, I, the payoff on having to sit there for as long as we did in the uh, about the first twenty five minutes, you know, it's yeah, really yeah, slow yeah. going. Um. So, uh, the 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 payoff. Just to spoil the warning at this point, it turns out that the invading aliens, if you will, quote unquote, are actually the humans, mm-hmm. and that Michael Pena, his wife, his kids. And everyone else that he's ever known are androids um, that the humans had built 50 years ago. And the the androids had probably a little bit more than 50, but 50 years ago, the war happened. And the androids basically forced the humans to colonize Mars and stay there. Uh, 50 years later, um, the androids have basically chosen to erase their their memories so that way they can live, quote unquote, normal lives. This is revealed to the to the to the audience. I'd say about because the film also has what what I like to call clear, definitive act one, act two, act three. Yes. You know, uh, act one is the part we're talking about that's kind of boring. Act two is the invasion. Act three is the re- uh, the revelation mm-hmm. and and solution to that revelation. And the, that revelation is what I just explained. I'd say act two and three are really are really solid. Yes, absolutely. I was really worried about the film in the first act. Like, I was really like, oh, this is going to be kind of 
kind of lame. And then like when it goes, it goes. I really enjoyed that 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 revelation. I thought that was really fun. It felt very Twilight Zone or Black Mirror-y. I absolutely love that. Uh, it because I have uh, I've been playing Fallout Four a lot recently, and it's very similar to you know one of the themes of Fallout Four. And Fallout Four, there is this uh, unknown entity that is just referred to as the Institute, and they created synthetic humans, synths, and they replace people. Like, they'll basically make a synthetic double and just take out the human and integrate the synth into society. But there are organizations, uh, there's an organization called the Railroad. They want to free all the synths because they see them as equals. They see them as living beings. They're fighting for synth rights. And then there are memory clinics where they can go and get their memories wiped, and then they have no knowledge that they're actually a synth after this, and they just live like a normal person with free will. So that was a fascinating thing to actually see this come up in a movie. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I feel like, I absolutely feel like this this movie could have been a 60-minute episode for Black Mirror. I keep bringing it up because it, it, it has a Black Mirror twist, but also due to the fact that there are legitimate moments in the film that seem like it's it's only there to stretch things out. Mm -hmm. But that being said, like I, I, I thoroughly enjoy things like that. I thoroughly enjoy a little like, sci-fi twists. Oh, um, yeah. I was actually like, when I watched it the first time, uh, well, first time, like I watched it the second time, when I watched it, I got to the part... It was like right before Act Three, mm -hmm. and I had to stop watching it. Oh no! I stopped. I stopped watching right before the revelation, and that was because I had to go run errands and stuff. And I was talking to my dad about it, and he was like, "What do you think it is?" And I was like, "I don't know. Like, I don't know why this alien has a human face. Like, I don't understand it. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, and I just, I just don't get what's going on." And he was like, "My dad was like, maybe, maybe they're like." ancient humans that are coming back to earth and these humans don't even know that there were previous humans. And I was like, that'd be really neat. Never once did I think that Michael Pena and his wife and his kids were fucking androids. Never did I think that. Yeah, that was a pretty cool. And you, you know, he wasn't far off your dad in that theory, but it's not so much ancient as, you know, three generations removed. Like the, three, like I'd say two well, at best. Well, the, the, um, the one alien, that turns out to be a human that Michael Pena spares the life of that ends up helping him and uh, his wife. He says, you know, you guys chased us off planet. It was my grandparents that your people chased off a planet. Well, I wasn't I, yeah, even when you born say... yet. This was 50 years ago. It took us that long to get the resources <laughs> you know, to yeah. get back I, I from guess, Mars. You know, we didn't even know if we could breathe the atmosphere, which is why they had those odd-looking suits. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess the reason that I'm thinking um, two generations is because uh, he is technically the second generation to be born on Mars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I get what you're saying. Three generations as a whole, yeah, I gotcha. I don't know, it's just really cool, like... It, it there are there are certain visual aspects of the movie that do feel like they're very sci-fi original, mm -hmm. like sci-fi channel original, I should say. 
just out of place CGI and stuff like that, but for not, the most part, it's okay. Um, yeah, yeah, not not too much. I think the worst bit of CGI was the collapsing railway behind the train in the end. Yeah, yeah, that was really that looked really bad. Um, just because the the ro- there was no bouncing rocks or anything like that, or like proper smoke rubble. It was just like rocks falling. You're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> but that's at the very tail end of the movie. Yeah. It does end ambiguously, too. Like, Oh, yeah. It's t- totally been set up for a sequel. If they yeah. wanted to do a sequel, I hope they do. Because it's interesting. It was it an, an inter- interesting, interesting yeah. take. And the fact that Mike Coulter, a.k.a. Luke Cage... I was surprised to see him, to be honest with you. It was it was cool that he's, you know, he's uh, Peter's boss at this factory and you don't really know what he does you know it's like it looks like it's kind of near future technology but definitely future technology of some sort he's like hey if you're not feeling well uh if you're not sleeping well call this number refers him to the doctor you know turns out in the end he is one of the few synths that chose to retain their memories because he knew the humans would be back and the fight for their freedoms would not be over. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, one of the big things about, I'd say the theming of this, of this whole story is that you aren't, you aren't thinking to the extent of like good guy, bad guy towards the end of it. No. You you sympathize with both the humans and the androids because the androids just want to live. Mm-hmm. They were technically the reason the war started was because the humans started to, quote unquote, dispose of them. And much like with any AI in any story that starts to, get, starts to gain sentience, you know, they want to fight for their survival. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. So you side, you understand that, you sympathize with that, but you also sympathize with the humans who had to leave their home world. Um. But, you know, like, so in my mind, there is no good guy, bad guy in this situation, um, it, it, even it, though I I kind of feel like the end with the train, the train and that giant turret was a, it's a pretty hard scene to watch. <laughs> yeah. Turret just eliminating a fucking giant group of humans. Well, at the same time, too, you know, you identify with Miles. He is the one human who helped. And he, Michael Pena's character, Peter, he says... Why are you helping us? He said, because we only got part of the story. When, for the past 50 years, it's been drilled into us that you guys were savages. That you drove us, you took everything away from us and drove us out. And I get here and I see that I'm eliminating families and kids and I did not sign up for that. And we're not all that different and that's kind of the theme the it's kind of the theme the um you know if we can just see past our differences and see how much we are really alike maybe there's hope for a future of coexistence right what i really like about that ending and that theming is that the show doesn't drill it into your head it's uh it says it without saying it. It says it. It says it in the in the aspect of the audience being forced to kind of think that way without without the movie just kind of like like one of the characters looking at the camera going, "It looks like we're not that different after all." 
wink. It doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Not one time. So I really appreciate that. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, this was a surprise, a surprise hit for me, honestly. Like, I I was not expecting to enjoy it. I was expecting to kind of, uh, you know, basically like, oh, here we go. Another uh, another movie that's going to try too hard to be something it shouldn't be. And then I was like, nope. Yeah, yeah, I was nope. I was pleasantly surprised by this. I didn't have high expectations for it. I was like, yeah, that might be a fun little popcorn movie. But this was, aside from the slow in uh, the slow beginning, really really good. A lot yeah, of fun, yeah. really enjoyable. Uh, let's go ahead and give our grades then. Uh, Josh, why don't you why don't you tackle this one first? Uh, I'm gonna give it a B plus. It's really solid. The reason why it doesn't get an A is because it did drag a little bit in the beginning. It does suffer from a little bit of that. But once you get to that one point where it kicks in, it is just no holds barred. Boom. Excitement, twists, revelations, and it's it's a satisfying ending. Even though it is an ambiguous ending, it is a very satisfying ending. Uh, I really enjoyed it a whole lot, and I would uh, I would like to see a sequel to it, to be honest. But it's really good. Our 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 uh, ratings are close. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to give it a B. Okay. It uh, it does suffer a little bit to me of that like we're a sci-fi story. Look at us. Whereas I feel like there's only two things in my mind that can get away with that aspect or that, that like attitude. And that's star Wars and star Trek. Mm. Anything else that's sci-fi, you really just got to tell a story that takes place in that world. But there's a few moments in this movie where it's like, just kind of goes like, Hey, just in case you forgot, this is a sci-fi movie. Like the guns, the guns were definitely in the ballpark of like, Hey, we're a sci-fi story. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a bit over the like unnecessary, like, I get that they needed to be electronic so that way it could show Michael Pena fixing it with his electronic skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like the way the guns looked was way too over the top sci-fi. So especially when they shoot what seemingly look like bullets. But anyway, other than that, it's fine. I really enjoyed the story. I enjoyed what it was trying to tell. It felt it felt very well structured and well paced. Other than the first act. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, like I, I yeah, I, again, a sleeper hit for me. I was not expecting to like it as much as I did, and I'm very excited for a sequel if it ever happens. Today, it's, it's uh, not getting great numbers on Metacritic or IMDb. Well, like I said, like I was about to say, like Death Note just got approved for a sequel, so this can get approved for a sequel because this is way better than that one. Oh, awesome! But yeah, guys, that's uh. That's it for Extinction. Definitely check it out if you have the opportunity. Oh, Got a yeah. B and a B plus. So that's not bad. That's not bad. It's a passing grade. Mm-hmm. It's, it's above a passing grade. Well, definitely. yeah, it's 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 a it's a pretty solid, pretty solid, uh, ninety minutes of your time. So before we get into Disenchantment, uh, Josh, uh, what have you been up to lately? I've been uh, hosting a bit of you know, uh, you guys have heard me talk about it in the past. I have a Twitch channel. I've actually been using it a lot here in the past week and a half, and I have been streaming uh, over on my Twitch channel. I'm doing a charity event. It is the Final Fantasy V 
for job fiesta what i'm doing i'm playing through the game from start to finish the entire playthrough and i'm restricted to using only four jobs uh, they are assigned to me by a twitter bot and i have my jobs and I've got to finish the game with no healing classes, so it's going to be a very expensive playthrough because I have to buy all heal items. So it's interesting stuff, but the reason why I'm doing it is I'm, I'm raising money for Child's Play Charity. Uh, Child's Play is an absolutely fantastic charity that services children's hospitals and children's shelters around the world, over 120 locations in the United States, and just around 20 internationally and growing. What Child's Play does is they purchase, with the donations they receive, they purchase consoles, video games, controllers, accessories, books, stuffed animals, toys, construction sets like Lego sets, uh, tablets, all types of different uh, things. They donate it to these children's hospitals so kids can use them for entertainment purposes uh, to help alleviate the stresses of being in a hospital, to help a kid enjoy themselves, to help them feel a little normal. Well, one of the, one of the big things that has been all but like fully confirmed is that when someone is in the right frame of mind, healing happens faster. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm living proof of that. You know, I'm three months removed from having my leg removed, uh, below the knee, you know, that happened on May 18th, you know, uh, I'm almost completely healed. Monday, I will find out when they can start the, shrinking and compression reshaping of my leg for the prosthetic fitting so that's great but here's the thing when i was in the hospital they were trying to talk me into staying until i got fit for a prosthetic in other words they still wanted me to Ooh. be in yes they still wanted me to be in there i am not built for a hospital I can't handle it. I can't stand to be confined and restricted. And I actually told a doctor, I said, uh, and I've not really told a lot of people this, but the Wednesday before I was released, I was released on a Thursday. I looked at a doctor and I said, look, man, if you don't get me out of here in the next 24 hours, I'm going to find a way to kill myself in this hospital bed. <laughs> I said, get me out of here. Make it happen. And, you know, fortunately, all my tests came back, my cultures came back, and everything came back good so I could go home. And once I was home, my mindset improved so much. Not once have I had a day where I've been upset. Not once have I felt down about what I've gone through. But look at some of these kids. Some of these kids will never get to go home. Some of these kids are stuck in situations where their parents can't be there or whatever. Some of these kids go through it entirely alone. So anything I can do, because I know how miserable I was in the hospital for eight days, anything that I can do to help make kids' days 
easier to endure and to get through and put a smile on their face for just a little while is absolutely worth uh, me doing this. And uh, last year when I did it, uh, you know, I'm a small streamer. Last year I set my goal at 100 bucks. I raised $103. This year I wanted to double that, and I set my goal at $200. I've done six streams. I'm at $190. I'm $10 shy from my goal, and I've still got another good three, four streams left. So we've almost met the goal, but we want to blow past it now. We want to blow by this goal. Uh, I've got some great... Uh, donation incentives that are going to be available at the end when I complete it. I'm going to have a raffle. I've got seven prizes. I actually had a person contact me today wanting to donate a prize as a raffle incentive. Uh, so I might have more, but as of this recording, I have seven prizes available. Two pieces of original Final Fantasy themed artwork by our friend of the show uh and a great friend of mine uh genocide squirrel he's also allowing me to uh, raffle off one free art commission from him his wife mckay also a friend of the show dear friend of mine she has handcrafted two homemade uh final fantasy themed plushies that'll be up for raffle i'm giving away a digital copy of the game i've got a humble bundle code that i'll be giving away and today i received the volume one of the final fantasy ultimania archive it it is a over 300 page hardback book of the art and lore and development of Final Fantasies 1 through 6. And it is a beautiful piece. Uh, some lucky donator will be receiving that. So I'm really excited about all these things. I'm excited that we've almost met, their goal, met our goal. And I want to push past it and blow past it. If you're into charity at all. If you're into helping kids. If you're into video games at all. Uh, if you're into original artwork, beautiful artwork, come check out one of my streams. Uh, follow me over on uh, twitch.tv slash nsabanur76. E-N-S-A-B-A-H-N-U-R-7-6. But, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that you've, you've gotten as far as you have with your goal. and It's, uh... It's fun. Uh, I'm not crazy about the uh, Irish accents for certain characters. But, I'm not you know, using that's, Irish that's a, accents. It's a creator choice. I'm not using <laughs> Irish accents. It's a, it's Scottish. It is a regional dialect of a Scottish accent. It is called a Glaswegian accent, actually. Hey. Uh, semantics. Well, here's the thing. I've had people from Europe actually watch my streams and they say, that's a good Glaswegian accent, man. That's really good. I'm, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you, Josh. Oh, okay. And that's the thing. Today, I wasn't, you know, I was going to stream today, but man, I felt so bad today. I wanted to push through it, but I couldn't. I felt terrible. So I only streamed for an hour. But tomorrow which if you're listening to this recording was last night you know 
the plan is to stream from 8 to midnight tomorrow, so we'll see. And today, 2 to 6. All right, there you go. All right, we got to move on, though. We yeah, gotta, yeah. Let's talk about disenchantment. Well, let's talk about disenchantment. So, disenchantment, uh, it was really funny to me is it wasn't getting a whole ton of um, advertisement until, like, a couple days until it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is crazy to me. Like, I saw a lot super of super close to its release. I saw a lot of uh, in the week leading up to its release. I saw a lot of posts about it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's yeah, like it's just promotional advertisement yeah. posts from Netflix. Just crazy to me how like short before release we see just a myriad of of ads for something that's releasing you know super soon. But then again, Netflix did release a movie the day. Or they had an advertisement the day the movie came out. So, so Josh, why don't you give a quick synopsis on what Disenchantment is about? Well, Disenchantment is a it's an animated series created by Matt Groening, who created The Simpsons and Futurama. It's set in the medieval fantasy kingdom called Dreamland, and it follows the story of Princess Tia Beanie, uh, Bean for short. She is a rebellious and alcoholic, and uh, Want, want to be promiscuous princess and it also centers around her personal demon lucy and her new friend the elf companion elfo <laughs> and you know it, it's i don't know how to say it i started out watching this and i didn't like it what the fuck? I, I'm seeing so many people say this, but I loved the show. Let me finish. Let me finish. All right. I think the show struggled to find its way early on, but once it hit its stride, it wasn't the humor that did it for me. I I never really laughed once, but I uh. enjoyed the story that this told. I liked the actual story that it told, and it was interesting to see an actual story as it progressed. But yeah, I didn't think it was really funny. Like, I like a lot of different styles of humor. But this is just more of the same, like, Simpsons-style humor, Futurama-style humor. A character says something, and then something contradicts exactly what they just said. You know, that kind of joke setup. But it's, if you're into, in if you what, enjoy... In the, what way are you talking about? Hmm? And like, what do you mean by contradicting what they said? Oh, uh, just, I don't know, just... Just going against whatever a character just said, and then you see some sight gag, you know, immediately following it. You know, I can't think of a specific example right off the top of my head. But, I mean, that style of humor is not for me, but it was a good story. I liked it. You know, I didn't think I was going to like it, because the first episode and a half, I was like, uh, uh. And then, you know, as it progressed, I was like, this isn't this isn't so bad. And by the last three episodes, I was like, "This is really good. I'm enjoying this. Nice." For me, it has it has a very similar uh, storytelling arc as Futurama, where 
the characters are doing things, getting into adventures, and as this as this season progresses, you start to unravel a little bit more about each character. Yeah. Each character has a little bit of a mystery. Maybe not Lucy, but still. For me, the comedy was, I, I thought, very fun. Like, for example, there <laughs> there's a scene, it's like in the second or second or third episode, maybe in the first episode, um... No, definitely second episode, because uh, 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 Bean is being forced to marry. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, Matt Matt Berry's uh, character. Uh, Merkimer, Prince Merkimer. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's chasing after them, but they run into this forest, and there's a sign that's like, dangerous forest or whatever, right? Like, it wasn't important. That, that part of the sign was important. It was underneath it that said, uh, warning, racist antelopes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, that's just a funny sight gag. Yeah, but and where's then, a racist antelope? Yep. Well, yeah, it, but that's the thing is like, it wasn't something that happened immediately. It no. took time to get there. Like, there was that, that joke about them being in the forest, and then uh, Matthew ba- or Matt Berry's or Prince Merkimer shows up with, with the knights, and one of the knights goes, the tracks stop here. Maybe they, uh, and then Merkimer goes, they must have dug down below the earth. And then one of the guys goes, maybe they climbed a tree. And he's like, I'm not going to dignify that by looking up. <laughs> like that kind of line yeah. really makes me laugh. And they're it's so in the absurd. tree right above them. Yeah. yeah I mean, it is absurd. Yeah, well, of course, of course. It's not, it's not the joke isn't that they're actually in the tree. That's an obvious thing. The joke is that, is that like, it's the line of, I'm not even going to dignify that by looking up. That's where the joke is. Yeah. Um, but, but later they, you know, they climb out of the tree, they build a fire, they're talking about some stuff, Bean's going through some shit, and then the scene ends, and it's been about five to six minutes since they entered the forest, and then an antelope walks and it goes, a human and an elf sleeping together. Yeah, Like, to me, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that was the racist antelope. If, yeah, if you didn't catch the racist antelope sign, then that joke isn't going to make sense, but if you're paying attention, jokes come together in the show really really well uh that's that's for me josh like if, if you don't find this stuff funny fine i totally am okay with that but that's what i'm getting at is that's the stuff that made me laugh really hard at this show there's also some passive lines like there's one scene where Elpha <laughs> says um when i'm full of rage my body hurts like little lines like that that made me mm-hmm. chuckle or when, when they when they jump the fucking uh, uh, cart over the over the lake and the woman's drowning and she's like I'm drowning and Alpha Turner goes I'm Elfo yeah like, things yeah. like that make me laugh like yeah, I really find that stuff joke. funny. Um, there was a I actually took a few screenshots of some of the some of the jokes that made me laugh really hard because uh, maybe not really hard but still made me laugh because I just I thought they stood out as funny like. They go into a convenience store, and it, on the sign, there's the Roman numeral for 7 and the Roman numeral for 11. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a side gag. Underneath it, however, it says, open since the year 711. 711. Mm-hmm. Like, that to me is where the where the comedy lies. Like, they named their store because they opened in the year 711. The, uh, the apothecary, it says, uh, over three different medicines. Little things like that are so goddamn good and clever to me. I just, I really enjoy that stuff. And I'm seeing a lot of people hate, like, or not find that stuff funny. Or when the nun says, blasphemer, how dare you bring logic into God's house? Shit like that's like really solid comedy to me. And I, I, I see a lot of people just not enjoy it. And 
I'm curious if it's if it's because maybe we've moved past the Simpsons Futurama style humor. I think or that's if a it's... big part of it because I moved on from The Simpsons and Futurama like 15 years ago. You know, uh, I just stopped caring and finding it funny. And that's, you know, I didn't really find a lot funny about this. But that's not to say that it's bad. I came away enjoying the overall story. Well, I, I'd, I'd say, Josh, if you don't like a solid half of what the show's meant to be, then... It's not great for you. It wasn't great for me, but I still like the story. That's the thing. There's still right. storytelling. There's still storytelling in this. It's just not as comedic. It doesn't land comedically for me. I I'm really surprised. I honestly, I'm really surprised to hear a lot of that. Like my brother was at the at my house today, and he was saying the same thing. He was just like, "We didn't really. We're not finding it very funny." And I'm just like, I was surprised. Like I, I legitimately like. Because I, I guess I'm surprised because, like I said, for me, I'm really, I really, really enjoyed it. I really dug the comedy, especially like, mm-hmm. Lucy is fucking killing me. Like every t- every time Bean wants to do something, he's just like he's pushing her towards it, but he's also doing it subtly. Like mm-hmm. he's not, it's not directly like do it, do it, do it, like he does in one scene. Mm-hmm. It's just like you know, there's the shot of when she's supposed to be the um, uh, ambassador. Mm-hmm. And he sneakily, not even really sneaky, but she's not paying attention. He puts his drinks into her glass. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was really funny to me. Um, she's like, look, I don't even need like alcohol. That. Yeah, after the, being told that one shot is enough to get you wasted. And that's why they give you two shots. And yeah. he dumps them both into her soda. And she's, I don't know, man. Like, like I, I'm really happy that you like the story because I, I feel like the story is... Again, it, it, it does rival something that Futurama did, especially in the later seasons, where like you learn about Leela's uh, you know, parents being mutants and and Fry you know, Fry is uh intentionally being used by the nibblers to uh or whatever his race is to uh save all of humanity and or just the universe as a whole. Um and that Bender what was Bender's thing? I don't know. Totally totally <laughs> forgot, but He was a drunken robot, that's all I knew. Well, that's another thing is that like, so that's another reason that I, that I do also like paired up with Futurama and not Simpsons is that, um, there are three main characters in both shows Mm -hmm. with a bunch of side characters that are hilarious. But the theme of like both Futurama and Disenchantment is fuck ups becoming heroes, fuck ups becoming important. Which I think anybody really can relate to. Because at certain points in your life, you do feel like a fuck-up. Like, straight up. Like, I don't know anybody who hasn't full-on felt like they just can't make people happy, no matter what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Bean to be going through that, and having Lucy being literally her personal demon, but then having... like So, so Josh, have I ever told you about my comedy theory? I'm not I've never sure been, if I've, you have. I've never been to a school. I've never been to a comedy class. It's just because I've absorbed so much comedy in my life, I've noticed a trend, especially with TV shows. And that's if you have a trio cast, you need to have three archetypes. You need to have the character that relates to the audience, the middle ground character, your fry, your um, your uh, uh, bean, your SpongeBob, your uh, trying to think of other characters from other shows that have three characters 
And then you have to have your idiot, your your person that your character that doesn't really understand everything that's going on around him. He's constantly he's constantly oblivious to things, uh, and that's your Elfo. that's your uh, Elfo, um, or your um, I guess Leela's technically the middle ground, but re- whatever, because Fry is the idiot. Then that's your third archetype is or no yeah, yeah so it's your idiot so it's your it's your it's your middle your idiot and your character who's too smart for their own good. Which is your Lucy. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, this show does that really well because instead of making Elfo completely inept and stupid, he's just oblivious to things because he's not been exposed to it his entire life. Yeah. And and that to me also, you know, it that also forms some subtle and direct comedy. I uh but but also it's also really good storytelling because then you have you have three characters that can do different things at different times. You have three characters that can have different scenarios with different characters and uh uh it, it all makes sense. Um you need to you know you you need a character for a scene that basically upstages somebody else you put in Lucy. You need a character that's trying to figure out what they need to do in a scenario you can use Elfo. You know, just like that's what I really enjoyed about this show when it came to the character or the, the character designs, uh, written wise, not physically. I don't know, man. Like to me, this show is 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 super, super, super well done. I'm just gonna gush about the show for another fucking twenty minutes, Josh. Hope you're cool with that. Uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll get I'll get off of the writing. I'll get off of the writing. I personally, I thought the comedy was on point. I thought the 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 character writing was on point. Uh, but I want to talk to you about the voice acting. The voice acting was really good. Stellar. So, the the uh, uh, the voice actor of Elfo and and uh, Bean are not super well known. They're um, but they've been around on The Simpsons and I think they did Futurama too for a little while. But they haven't like they're like if you look up their IMDb, they're not like you know god tier voice actors or um or like celebrities of any kind. However, Lucy is voiced by Eric Andre of Adult Swim fame. Have you ever watched his show? I have not. The comedy stylings of that show is to be it's it's absurdist comedy. So he'll do things that aren't direct lines of comedy, aren't like set up punchline. It should it's not shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's situations that are so absurd that he puts um celebrities in that you go, "Oh, that's <laughs> That's funny because it's strange, or that's funny because it's awkward. That kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. But I thought he did a stellar job in this show acting, and I don't think I've ever seen him or heard him act before. So I was really, I was really happy to to see that. Yeah, I was completely unfamiliar with him, but you know his uh, performance was enjoyable. Sorry to, I had to moisten my throat. Um, <laughs> I bet you did. Yeah, right. <laughs> the rest of the actors in the show are veterans. Yeah. Oh, so I you mean, have John DiMaggio yeah, yeah. as uh, King Zog, you know, and was yeah. isn't he the voice of Bender on Futurama? Yeah, so he's the voice of Bender. He's also, um, like for video game fans, he's uh, Marcus Phoenix of the uh, Gears of War franchise. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, um, he's done a bunch of other characters too, um, which I'm trying a complete blank on, but he's, he is, in a sense, uh, voice actor royalty, like, 
the second that people um, who are into voice acting hear his voice, they immediately know who it is. But yeah, so we have. Um, well, I mean, Tris- he he Tris- is he's up there with people like Rob Paulson and you know. Oh, Jake uh, the dog, Jake the dog from Adventure Time. That's that's the character I was trying to think of. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just no, you're good. You're good. But yeah, he he's definitely yeah he's he's up there. Um, you have uh, Tress McNeil who does the voice of I believe Bart Simpson. Oh, okay. I'm double checking on that real quick. Yeah, she voiced she voiced Queen Una, uh, Prince Derek, her son, uh, the prostitute fairy, and no, she's uh, not Bart Simpson. She's what the fuck? I know she's she does one of the main characters in Simpsons, but I'm not seeing it. I'm not sure. Like I'm scrolling down Simpsons. She's she's Agnes Skinner. Wow, I'm. I thought she's Crazy Cat Lady from Simpsons, which makes sense because she does the witch in this show. But in Futurama, she was Mom, the Slurm Queen. <laughs> but yeah, there's a witch in one of the episodes named Gwen, mm-hmm. who uh, she sounds exactly like the Crazy Cat Lady from Simpsons. Oh, okay. Because it's, well, it's the same actress. Maurice LaMarche, who you might know best as Brain from Pinky and the Brain. Oh, yes. Uh, that guy. Uh, <laughs> but he is also. So did you ever did you ever watch an old cartoon called the um, the critic with uh, mm-hmm. John Lovitz? I did. I did. Do you remember? Do you remember the whole bit with um, Orson Welles and the peas? I don't. So there's an old clip, an old radio clip of Orson Welles trying to do an ad read for frozen peas. And he's trashed. I mean, he is drunk out his ass. <laughs> and it is fucking hilarious. So they wanted to reenact that in an animation format for the critic. And they got Maurice LaMarche to do Orson Welles. And it's fucking brilliant. I'll have to send you a YouTube after we're done recording oh, here. okay. In Futurama, Maurice LaMarche does Kiff, Lur. Kiff and Lur. Now, if you don't remember Kiff, he was uh, the assistant to Zap Brannigan. And Lur is the leader of Omicron Percy I eight. So that's that's who he does. Um but he's also he's also done a ton of other voices, like I said, like Brain. He's done work for Looney Tunes cartoons being Yosemite Sam. He's just all over the place with kids' cartoons. Like, I mean, you name a cartoon, he's probably done a voice in it. And uh he's one of my like favorite voice actors just because of how much shit he's done. So it was very nice to see him in there. Um but he does Oddball, which is this uh, three-eyed, yeah. three-eyed like uh, mystic man, or like yeah, um, he's, he's like the chancellor or minister or whatever of the kingdom. Yes, 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 yes. His voice sounds like a deeper kiff. That's what I took it as. Um, but he's also Big Joe, the Exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> and then Big you have David Joe. Herman. Uh, David Herman is best known for uh, when he was on Mad TV. But he also played Michael Bolton in Office Space. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's, uh, he's the Herald, uh, the source of news for Dreamland. Yeah. Uh, but he's also Giesbert, which is the mentally challenged guy that had his head in a sword almost the whole show. Mm-hmm. And Jerry, who lives with the Enchantress and, Cl- and Cloyd, or Claude, whatever. Cloyd? Cloyd. I guess it's Cloyd, yeah. And then you have uh, one of my favorite voice actors of all time, Billy West. If you don't know who Billy West is, this is at this point, may God have mercy on your soul. I don't know who Billy West is. Where the fuck do I begin? 
He is Ren and Stimpy. He is Doug Funny. He is Philip oh. J. Fry, Zoidberg, Professor Farnsworth, Zap Brannigan. He is the Red M&M. He is the Honey Nut Cheerio Bee. He is Bugs Bunny, Umber Fudd, Popeye, and Woody Woodpecker. Um, he has also done voices of, uh, parodies of, if you will, uh, Larry from the Three Stooges, George Takai, um, and, uh... Oh my. Somebody else. But I did not realize is, that you know he was. I know. Yes, I know. He's, he's I know his Zim. work. I don't know him, but I know of his work. Of course. So that's my point. Like a lot of people will know his work. Like in in Space Jam, all those Looney Tunes that I named off, he did their voices in Space Jam. Hmm. There's also a uh, just a ton of different voices that he's done over the years that just fill my heart with joy. So. Very, very happy to see them include him in the show, to have him there. But he actually plays five characters. He is uh, Sorcero, uh, Zog's personal alchemist and wizard. He is the Jester. He's Mertz, one of the Knights of Dreamland. He is the <laughs> Elf King of Elfwood. And Pops the Elf, Elfo's father. <laughs> what about Mertz's mom? <laughs> I'm not going to let my son be go in there and be the third. Um, or second death or whatever. Uh, that was really funny. But they also have like guests like uh, Rich Fulcher, who is uh, a comedian. Uh, he's his his comedic stylings is very uh, monotone and one liners. But he plays Cloyd or Claude Cloyd. Cloyd and Trub and Trubbish, one of the Knights of Dreamland. You have Matt Berry, like I said, Matt Berry being one of my favorite British comedians. Plays plays Prince Merkimer, who turns into a pig later. And you have Noel Fielding. Um, have you ever heard of a show called uh, The Mighty Boosh? No. Um, have you ever watched The IT Crowd? No. The IT Crowd. I, 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 it, I have seen an episode of it, but I never really watched it. Okay. This guy is a is a relatively well-known British comedian, especially in the UK. He's been doing a lot of voices as of late, but like I said, he was on, he had his own show called the mighty Boosh, which is very popular. One of the memes that comes from that show is a character named old Greg. Like it's a swamp character. I don't know. I, but yeah, in this, he plays, um, the executioner. Yeah. Stan, the executioner. So yeah, point point I'm getting at about going, listing off those voice actors is that not only is the acting superb in this show, but you have, Animation royalty, you have voice actor royalty, you have writing royalty, all coming together to make this show. And to me, and I really, really, really tried to give it that that good old uh, separation from my feelings towards it versus an actual, like it being a good show or not. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like I did, because I can truly say that it is not like Futurama. It is not like The Simpsons. It has a different type of, of 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 joke telling. It really does. Like I said, I've I'd never seen anything in Futurama or Simpsons that's like a five minute separated joke. Well, you know, the general overall aesthetic is very Matt Groening that style of humor. But you know, I get what you're saying. But the the benefit here is at least there is a good enough story to keep it interesting. I'm glad to hear that, yeah. Josh. I I truly truly am. Like. I'm glad to hear you say that even if the comedy isn't to your liking, there's something there for you. Yeah, yeah, there really was. And here's the thing. The, there was good setup and good payoff in the end. 
and you know some real tragedy too. Yeah, yeah. I there was there, there was a couple things that I absolutely did not expect in terms of just straight storytelling. I was mm-hmm. really surprised. So yeah, I'm. I'm... Oh, the the fate of one of the characters is that what you're talking about? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I was trying to think of ways that like Futurama did it, and I feel like. I don't feel like the character's permanently gone, but I definitely don't feel like they're going to... Because, I mean, do you remember Futurama when uh, Fry gets stung by the, by the Queen Bee? And he goes into a coma? I couldn't tell you the last time I watched an episode of Futurama, if it was even in this decade. Wow. Wow. I adore Futurama. I think that show is one of those perfect animated cartoons to ever grace the planet Earth. Um, but that's just me. That's just me. That's my personal opinion. But there's a whole episode where Fry, like, they go to get this honey, this royal honey. And mm-hmm. Fry gets stung through his torso. Um, but the episode is told to you as if Layla got stung through the torso. And that... Uh, Layla, Leela, sorry, not Layla. Leela is going through this big traumatic thing, when in reality it's Fry going through it. And you learn that at the end that Fry is the one that got stung trying to save Leela. But you think, you think Leela's dead the whole episode. You think she's full on dead, and then they reveal that she's not because it was Fry dealing with his coma. Mm-hmm. I feel like something similar, not similar, not similar in any way, shape, or form, but something in regards to reviving this character is going to happen. But also there's a mystery with that character. Like they can't leave that mystery hanging. No, no. And whatever that involves may be part of the reason why that character may return. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's mystery with all three characters. I mean, you have like, what are these two people that, that sent Lucy to Bean? What is, you know, what is, what is with Bean's parentage? You know, like what the fuck is with that? What's, what's with Elfo's parentage? Like there's, a lot of, of questions that need to be answered for the show. And I, I, I sincerely hope that they, that they give it, they give it a, a second season. I really do hope they give it a second well, season. So that's the thing. This is part one. There's 20 episodes. This is just the first 10. See, I thought they were just calling it part one in regards to like, instead of calling it season one, they're calling it part one. I mean, Netflix, the way they've been doing that stuff here recently, it's hard to say. I mean, look at the toys that made us. They called it season one, part one, and then they just, part two ended up becoming season two, and the second season became season three. And look at what they've done with Voltron, you know? Yeah, Splitting yeah, it up. That's true. It's just weird how they're doing that. There's no consistency to it, I so mean, it's yeah. hard to say. As long, as long as there's more disenchantment coming, I'm happy. That's that's my point. So uh, we're, there's we're, there's absolutely another ten episodes coming. I have ranted about this show for thirty minutes, which is far too long than I should have. Uh, I apologize to the audience for that because I just I'm very excited and happy about this show. Um, so I'm gonna give my grade real quick, Josh. Grade. I'm gonna give my grade real quick. I'm gonna give my grade real quick just because y'all know what it is. It's an A plus. It's straight up an A plus. Oh, okay. I I loved every second of the show. I'll watch it again if like. I I could not get enough of it. I was actually kind of upset when I was like, it's only 10 episodes, son of a bitch. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if I truly feel like if you like a specific style of humor, this is definitely up your alley. But even if it's not, I mean, there's story there for you. So I don't know. Yeah. 
I just uh, like I said, there's there's too much here going for me to for me to not like it. So, but Josh, why don't you go ahead and give your grade? I'm going to give it a B. You know, it's still an enjoyable show. And apparently, I was just looking here at the critical reception. I'm not the only one who thought that it kind of struggled. Oh, no, I said that. It was just so-so. Yeah. But uh, it was the last three episodes that really changed my opinion on that show. Um, And I'm I'm seeing several different sites saying that. Um, Not plugging any of them because this ain't their fucking show. (laughs) (laughs) But... Well, that's why I was asking Josh. Like, is it is it just have have people move past a style of comedy? I, I really I really think that is part of it. Uh, but at the same time, or is the show just not funny? Was my point? Was my second thing? I don't think the show is that funny. That's just me, though. My to, to be fair, to be fair, Josh, and I do want to point this out. The world seemed to love the comedy stylings of, uh, like, like exactly what uh, Thor Ragnarok was, and you were not a hundred percent behind it. No, no, absolutely not. So I do, I'm I do want to throw that out there for our audience. Like, you have to understand where Josh's mind comes from. Not that it's wrong, because this is an opinionated thing. Just that, yeah, yeah. In in in, in terms of like. I enjoyed Thor Ragnarok very much, but I th- I found the jokes too heavy-handed. Yeah, um, that's right, yeah. And I love medieval slash fantasy settings. I like... Which is funny, because I'm not 100% behind it. <laughs> like, I'm okay yeah. on fantasy. Oh, dude, I love me some fantasy settings. I prefer sci-fi way above fantasy, so... Um, the fact that I like the show this much, I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. And you know, the, the fantasy setting allowed for the storytelling to be as good as it was, you know, that's, that's what I came away with enjoying it. Not so much the, you know, the racist albino, uh, racist albino, racist (laughs) antelope was probably the funniest thing in the entire show. Oh, I, 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 there was a couple of guffaws. That had, like uh, legitimately had me going. I'll have to find them again because I think one of the ones that made me laugh was uh, like I'm trying to think back to, to to situations that made me laugh, and it was um, when they find about... Elford for the first time, and and Bean just keeps like hurting the guy, and he was like, he's like, why don't you just go in before you help me to death? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about Turbish's horse that was you know clogging the giant's throat, and you know she coughs it up at the dinner table. Uh, mm-hmm. that gag, that gag was, uh, was okay. Um, and it's like, oh, is that Turbish's horse? And then Turbish's saddle with his name on it coughed up immediately afterwards. Yeah. That's a fun, I mean, that's, that's the kind of sight gag, yeah. That, that's the kind of sight gags that I'm referring to. Those, those are more of a miss for me. Some of them are clever, but none of them are just like piss my pants laughing clever. I, well, I think that uh, might be but, another... But, Another thing that I've noticed, Josh, about people and their opinion on this show is that they wanted to laugh as hard as some comedy that we've had in the past years or so. And mm-hmm. this show is definitely, definitely not in, in, no, in lieu no. of trying. There's, there's sight gags and there's also subtle humor. And there's, there's setup humor. But most of it 
just misses the mark for me. Yeah, That's just I, my opinion. The story, as we've said still good i still think it's worth a watch you know and that's why i give it a b that i'm glad to hear that actually i mean regardless of our differing opinions on the on the comedy of it i'm glad to hear that you liked it enough to give it a b so i don't think we've had a show yet josh where you and i have been completely at odd like odd different odds of it like i'm waiting for that show where you're like a plus i'm like f i'm waiting for that <laughs> well i kind of think that we did a little bit when we talked about Godless. I mean, I loved, I adored I, but that I didn't, fucking show. I didn't give it an F. Like, I gave it a no, C. No, that's true, that's C? true. Because there was some enjoyable that's stuff true. about it, but anyway, yeah, we should true. definitely we should definitely wrap up here because we are we're running yeah. a bit tight. Well, let's tell them what we're watching before we go I the next go, show. I was gonna. Uh, so next yeah, episode... Yeah. Next episode will be a show that actually came out in November of 2017, uh, but I needed, to, but I've been wanting to watch it, and it's uh, Marvel's Runaways, which is exclusive to Hulu. And another show that actually I've been kind of looking forward to. I know Josh has definitely been looking forward to it. This seems more mm-hmm. of your alley than my alley, but Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, starring an actor's name I can't think of suddenly. <sighs> Well, you didn't tell me I was going to have to spout out a name this late in this show. <laughs> well, it's it's That's starring it's starring uh, Zachary Levi. No, Jim from The Office is who's playing Jack Ryan. Why can't I think of that actor's name? Know. Son of a bitch. Uh, That's John Krasinski. John Krasinski. <sighs> Man, I hate when I do that. Anywho, yeah, so we're watching Marvel's Runaways on Hulu Plus and Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. So no Netflix this week. However, however, we are we already have our shows for the episode following that. Um, and it's a nice little bookend for our one year anniversary for the show. Exa- a little over a year ago, when Josh and I started recording this, our first show that we talked about was American Vandal. Well, mm-hmm. last night, Funny or Die got to release the trailer for American Vandal Season 2, um, and it is hilarious. The trailer alone is fucking outstandingly hilarious. And uh, so we're going to review that in uh, two, the, the following episode of next episode. But also we're going to have uh, Season 2 of uh, Iron Fist. Yeah. So... And I think it's interesting that we already have our shows fault you know, like for that because yeah we we usually don't plan that far ahead. Uh, I mean, thankfully Netflix was just like, here's things happening, so we got that uh, got that squared thanks, away pretty early. Netflix, <laughs> thanks guy, thanks for your help. All right, um, so uh, yeah, you know, guys, I want to say thank you for your continued support. I know that we say this all the time, but we genuinely mean it. When we hear you guys listening to the show or you guys give us feedback or you're like, I caught up on all the episodes, it makes us very happy. You know, even people come to me and they say, I don't listen to the episodes because you guys talk about spoilers. But what I do do is, dude, (laughs) what I do is I go to the website and I look at your guys' ratings and that gives me an idea of what I can watch, which is very nice to hear. I really enjoy that because it feels like my opinion is is validated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that means I need to get that updated then. Yes, you do, that, sir. That, that will be my priority then after my charity event is over 
to get that caught up. There you go. Because I did not know that people were telling you that. Yeah, uh, I had um, uh, uh, Brittany of Heat tell me that, of Half Empty tell me that. Hmm. Um, and then uh, I think uh, Ryan said that, said that he looks at, like, if he's if he's looking for something to watch, he'll check out our reviews. But he doesn't listen to the podcast immediately because uh, we do spoil. And I said, do you listen to it after the fact? And he goes, okay, if, if I've watched something, I don't want to hear what you guys have to say about it. Um, there are some people that just straight up listen to it, like um, uh, Genocide, Genocide Squirrel. Mm-hmm. He just listens yeah, to he it. Listen- <laughs> he listens to every episode, yeah. He's just like, fuck and it. He- and we, we know that there's people that listen to it straight up without, oh, like, yeah, because the numbers and whatnot. But but yeah, guys, when you when you give us feedback, it means a lot to us. It means everything to us. So definitely hit up the um, the comment section of whatever you're using. Give us a nice review. Let us know what you think. And if there's any improvements we can make, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Hit us up on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. You know, you, you know what? You can leave us a review telling us that we suck. Just give us the five stars. We're fine with that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm cool with that, too. You know, I mean, really, let us know. I appreciate the feedback. I haven't, you know, I haven't even checked iTunes in a long time to see if there's any uh, new reviews or anything. And man, uh, you know, losing a limb takes a lot out of you, apparently. I, I yeah, I would imagine so. Um, but yeah, guys, we also <laughs> we also have a, we also have social media accounts. We have a Facebook thing and a Twitter thing yeah. and whatnot. So definitely, you like, can find all of that. At allcuteuppodcast.com. There's a sidebar on the left that's color-coded. Just go over there and look. Oh, look, there's a link to our Patreon page, Facebook discussion group, Twitter account, the YouTube channel, which is five episodes behind now, uh, Instagram, and then all the audio platforms we're available on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Radio Public. I mean, come on. And then a link to our merchandise section, the blogs, the, you know, I had somebody comment on the blog post. They said, you know, I, I really enjoy your writing style. I was like, oh, well, thanks. That's awesome. That's uh, yeah. something you and I need to also do. I mean, I haven't had a whole lot of time to watch other things that we're the doing for the summer podcast. summer has been busy for yeah. both of us. Me because I'm lazy and you because you lost a leg. <laughs> well, you know, medical point medical appointments take up a lot of time. Oh, and I don't so doubt do, it for a second. So do charity events. Um, That's true. You yeah. know, and uh, so do all the other projects I'm involved with. You're speaking of that, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to the um, Romo Collectors guys uh, for like having me on a podcast. Uh, yeah, they have you... Josh on all the time, so what the fuck ever. But. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this is one. It's it's not an official ROC show, but we're all from the ROC, right? Well, that's why but I was saying we, the guys from, not yeah, yeah. That uh, that 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 is a show that I'm a part of officially. It is called Masterpiece Shitpiece Theater (MPSP Theater) on YouTube, and it airs live every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And Greg was a wonderful guest on our second episode, and they loved his insight and the things that he brought to the table, his opinions in in the gaming sphere and everything. And they really enjoyed it. And dude, I th- uh, it was just awesome to have you on. We loved it. 
I'm really happy to hear that because I sometimes get in my own head and tell myself I didn't do a good job. So the fact that they are saying it and you're saying it is is very nice to. Uh, it's no. not just the guys from the show that are saying it. They're, uh, you know, James, uh, Victory Saber 77 on YouTube, on his show, his Saturday Night Show, Plastic Fanatic. The very next night, he's like, man, I like the guest you guys had on last night. He had a lot of knowledge. He was, I was impressed by his knowledge. I'm like, see, that kind of stuff. Awesome. Dude, yeah. Uh, ROC, man. I love my ROC family. The they're 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 a great great community. They're not just a Facebook group; they're a community, and I'm proud to be involved with that group. Uh, very yeah, very much. Definitely check them out, guys. Because honestly, if you want like fun conversations between a bunch of guys that are down to earth and not, you know, they're 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 like I'll give you an example of of what I don't like to listen to in a podcast. People who are pretentious, people that pretend to know more than they think that they do. And when you listen to a podcast with a bunch of guys that are down to earth and go like, well, I don't really know, but here's my insight on it. That I like listening to that. That's fine. And these guys definitely do that. So it's it's really it's really awesome to hear. I wish I could stick around during the live streams because I'm always busy at that time of day. Mm-hmm. Um there's like a there's a discrepancy with me being in California and you being in Virginia and them basically on East Coast time. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Rob's in Rob's in uh, Wisconsin. In Samson, Samson, Illinois. Uh, but yeah, Brammer's in Florida, and Russ and I are both in Virginia. He's just in Northern Virginia. But yeah, we're we're scattered across a couple of time zones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's we're just not over like, there in the that. past like you are. All right, it's not the past. It's li- not literally the past. Hey, it's three <laughs> hours ago for you, for me. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, definitely go check those guys out. They're awesome. Um, but uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, Josh, give a quick rundown of where people can find you. Uh, well, I'm on Twitter as Ansabanur1976. That's E-N-S-A-B-A-H-N-U-R-1976. You can find me on Facebook by my first and last name. Uh, you'll find me in the Realm of Collectors group there. You can find my Twitch channel, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, uh, twitch.tv slash nsabanur76 uh, Friday nights on MPSP Theater at 9pm and if we ever get it back from hiatus also on Off the Runner <laughs> I did uh, I do make the occasional appearance on Hurricane BX's Verbally Challenged podcast and did my first episode of Figure Banging uh, with Ace Milo and some of the guys from the ROC this week too. So yeah, I'm a busy, busy guy. <laughs> I, I didn't. There's like two of them you named in there that I didn't even know about. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've been staying busy, man. They. Uh, the requests, a couple of requests have come in, and I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, let's do this. Thanks for involving me. It's, it's kind of, it's been pretty overwhelming, man. You know, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's an honor. I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. But enough about me. You know, the one-legged guy over here and all in the future. Tell us where they can find you in the past, Greg. That was so like 
slightly sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, so uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter primarily at Chub Rock Geek. If you want to follow me on Facebook and Instagram, also Chub Rock Geek. But I don't, I'm not really active on those sites. Um, I stream sometimes on my own personal channel, which is uh, twitch.tv slash Chub Rock Geek. Uh, there seems to be a theme here. I don't know if you've qu- if you've quite caught it yet. On on that channel, I will be streaming my Jackbox streams because it seems like Mission Star Podcast doesn't really house the kind of audience for that. Well, um, it's also because, I mean, have you seen Anthony try to play a Jackbox game? Right, right. It's not very right. good at so, it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll be streaming on that channel, and if you want to watch me play, like, Mega Man or some other game that Anthony has somehow got me that's an indie game that I can stream, uh, go to twitch.tv slash missionstartp. Uh, to watch me play games there. I'll actually be trying to stream about an hour, hour and a half tomorrow before Josh goes which, live uh, with a which, game. Which, which was yesterday, if you're listening to this right now. So they can go watch the <laughs> VOD. <laughs> oh, that's right. I don't know why I'm saying that. Anyway, yeah, so yesterday I streamed a game. But yeah, that, that, I'll be on there frequently with with different games and different things. But basically, if I'm not playing Jackbox, I'll be on Mission Start Pod- or Mission Start P. If I'm on, if I'm playing Jackbox, it's Chub Rock Geek. So come come find me on those places. Uh, but that's about it, guys. That is going to do it for us again. Marvel Runaways and Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Definitely check those shows out before joining us in the next episode. But until then, guys, we will see you next time. Take care, everybody.